Welcome back to the FNF Coaches Podcast. Today, we are continuing with our theme of innovation and technology as we welcome an expert in the field of mental performance. Before we welcome today's guest, I want to share with listeners that we are going to press today on our summer edition of FNF Coaches, which has an innovation and technology theme. Our summer edition is a 48-page publication which will be distributed in high schools across the country in addition, in addition to being available in a digital format. Visit fnfcoaches.com and look for the subscribe tab to have this publication mailed to your home or school office. Today's guest is the CEO of Progvectra, Dr. Robert Orsillo. Progvectra has designed a system for high school players to train their eyes. Dr. Orsillo and his staff have worked closely with the Florida State football team and many current NFL players. You might recognize the name as Dr. Orsillo has contributed to FNF coaches in our mental performance section. Dr. Orsillo, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Good to be here. Well, I wanted to talk to you today because we want to get a perspective. Uh, A lot of times when we're doing uh, our print editions or posting stories to our website, we spend so much time talking about ways in which the coaches can help athletes improve performance. And so much of that attention is paid to the physical gains they can make through strength and strength training, conditioning, agility drills, and running sprints. Why is it, why do you think it's so important that they spend uh, just a, just as much time training their minds and their eyes? I tell you, um, simply because the body really doesn't take you anywhere. It's your mind, you know, your brain, your the neural pathways, your eyes. You know, football is a visual sport. You react to what you see, and when the mind says go, you go. So you want to be prepared. You want to experience things, create memories of, 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 your, of your job, of what you're supposed to do. If you're a blocker, you're a runner, you're a receiver, you're a quarterback. You know, all these things feed off your, your mind and your memories and not so much your body. I, I think coaches have done a phenomenal job in, in getting these young men in, into, into conditioning, uh, working on speed and agility. But it doesn't matter how fast you can run. doesn't matter how agile you are. doesn't matter if you can make a great catch. It matters that, you're, that you time things properly and you don't make mistakes. That's the one thing that happens. I think it infuriates coaches. You know, it, it, it brings down the level of confidence of a player when they make mistakes. And it's not because their bodies aren't prepared to, to handle the situation. It's that their minds aren't and their eyes aren't. And there's a lot of things going on with youth today with these electronic devices. I hear time and time again from coaches that, you know, so-and-so's got ADD. You know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, things that you really can't do uh, in terms of saying, like, get rid of your phone, get rid of the, you know, the Internet stuff, the, the games and all that, that electronic stuff that you do and concentrate on one thing at a time. So what this program does is it kind of resets the, the mindset and the neural pathways of, of these uh, of these players and gets them back to where they have attention. That is the key and the main reason there are mistakes is they, they, they wander off even as they're playing and the result is his mistakes. Yeah, and I think a lot of times as coaches, we accept those mistakes as just part of their personality or oh, this is the way they learn this, you know, maybe this player is a space cadet or he's going to make more mental mistakes. That's just the way it is. And we don't think of it as something 
that they can improve the same way they can their 40 yard dash time or they or something like their bench press. And I think that is important to, to know that these mental mistakes are coming from a lack of focus, not a, lap, a lack of aptitude. It's something that you can train. Exactly. What, uh, what, why, do, why is it so difficult? I mean, a lot of times when we're in the film room and we go to a certain formation and we, we call on an, a player and we say, hey, what's going on here? They can tell us right away, but it doesn't always translate to the field. Why is that? Well, it doesn't because our, our brain works in mysterious ways almost. What you see when you're just sitting down and looking at it develops a certain pathway, but that pathway doesn't fulfill its mission, which it needs to go to the body. So it's very important that coaches instruct to kind of fulfill the needs of the conscious memory, but they have to go out there and they have to practice it working on their unconscious memory. Great players do not play with their conscious mind. They play with their subconscious mind or their unconscious mind. They do things so quickly because they're under the force of emotion. You know, emotion is fear. Emotion is lining up and and seeing that, you know, that quarterback's looking over the defense and he's going, man, I've got one play I can do here. And there's a sense of fear, there's a sense of concern, urgency. This is a critical situation. And how is he going to solve that? Well, once that ball is hiked, he goes into subconscious mode and he he, he sets up and he throws that ball right there where through practice and repetition and working from from the conscious so many times and driving it down to the subconscious, uh, he, he's able to do these things without even thinking. Um, and, and that's a conditioned response. That's what you want is conditioned response. And, and what I've heard, and this is some uh, some something relayed to me by by a member of a, of a SEAL team, he said, you know, we used to practice, and when we got it right, we felt pretty comfortable but he said, we soon recognize that we shouldn't stop there. We should stop practicing uh, once we never get it wrong. So they just did things over repeatedly through little sequences of things in there that you would not expect to let them experience those, those, those variations and to help them to, uh, to become more efficient and safety, of course, when, when they perform their missions. So working until you get it right is not enough. you got to work until you never get it wrong. So we're conditioning our mind to make these responses without thinking. Thinking takes time, and time is of the essence. One second, one millisecond, ten milliseconds will cause a, a mistake, an error to occur. You, you, you've got you, The mind's got to see things, process, and go. And when you consider that what we see actually has occurred before you react to it, because it takes time for your mind to process those things. So... We kind of overcome that by a system we call uh, prediction. You know, we, we predict where something's going to go from our past experiences. And from those past experiences, we know that when a guy, when a receiver takes four steps, you know, goes four yards and he's going to cut to the left, we kind of can predict where he's going. But he's actually made that move probably a little bit before you actually perceive that he was moving. And that's how the mind works. So you can see how complex the, the visual system and the brain system is. So just to assume that because you saw it on a film and he explained it, the, the, the player explained it to you that they know what's going on, that isn't always true. You got to get out there and practice and throw a few things in there that, that really may happen just to get the mind thinking because experiences under are very important and that's where great players come from. And, and even coaches, you know, I want to put that guy in there because he's got experience. He's got experience. He, he, he's, 
he's endured those those things that that a new player would could not endure because they just don't have enough experience information you know cat in, in their memory so, uh, socket so so that that's a key is it in, in putting together body and mind and I what I like to say is vision mind and body is probably the sequence of events for preventing um, mistakes and errors. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's sometimes I wonder what your experience is like when you're watching football, because sometimes as we watch it, you can see things play out. And even, you know, when we're not experts in mental performance or, or the way to train the brain, you can see things that don't make sense. You know, like a quarterback will roll out and there'll be a linebacker 10 yards in front of them, just kind of running across the field at the same uh, distance and depth. And then all of a sudden the quarterback, it's almost like he's staring right at him and throws it to him. And you see these things happen and you're like, wow, that was a really bad mental error. How does that happen? Um, is it, is it more difficult if a player is, you know, on the move and trying to process that or why why do those things happen? Yeah. Movement is one of the most difficult processes that, that the, that the mind has to go through to come up with a solution to the situation. Uh, that's critical. And, and that's why, well, that's why practice helps you so much. You know, the more you practice, the better you get. It, it, it's not that you got used to it, but it's because those systems are now functioning at, at, at top, at top speed. Just like if you, if you want to lift more weights, you want to get stronger, you lift more weights. If you want to get smarter, you just keep doing things over and over again, over and over again. But that's interesting that you asked, asked that question because here's a situation I ran through. About uh, eight years ago, we had a, a quarterback at FSU who was came in as a freshman, was a top top uh, high school athlete, and uh, played great for his his first uh, three years as a backup. Uh, and he always seemed to get put in positions to where they were big games, like a bowl game. The the starting quarterback would get hurt, uh, and he would fill in for him, and he would become the most valuable player of that bowl. He was just a, a great, great, great coach or a quarterback. In in the beginning of his of his senior year, uh, coach felt he, he he wasn't performing as well as he could and as he did. So what he asked if if can you help him out? I think he's got trouble with his vision. And uh, coach uh, coach Fisher and and uh, strength and conditioning coach uh, Vic approached me and said, Hey, you know, can you do something to help out? Uh, this player, he's, uh, you know, coaches, I think he can see. So sure did. So I brought him in, did routine examinations on him and everything. And he seemed to be in in pretty good shape. But what I did is I did some little kind of different type of testing that, that really isn't like a standard type of way of of testing somebody's vision. It's called a confrontation field where you kind of wiggle your, your fingers or show fingers in the different quadrants you know, I'll show one finger in the, you know, the outside, one finger on the inside simultaneously, and I'll project one and one. Well, what I discovered was he has something called visual extinction. And what that is, is if, if something is just in a particular field, he can see it. Like, say, in this case, if everything to his left, he could not see. Everything to his right, he could see. But when things projected in his left and his right side he he didn't it was extinct he couldn't see anything on that side he could only see things to his right 
And when you look through the spring game and his practice at spring, he had a horrible time with calling pass plays to his left. So what we did is designed uh, an exercise, and we worked with him to, to bring back that, um, that field so that both fields would be working at the same time. And, and this was a result of, you know, he, he'd been hit many times, so uh, more testing showed that he had sustained a concussion. But in reality, he, it didn't bother him that much. He was, he was such a tough guy. You know, he just went out there and played the best he could and hard, but he had this deficit. And he went on to have a great season, ended up being the number one draft pick uh, in, in the 2013 draft. And, and all that was just on a whim that, as a coach, knew something was wrong, couldn't pinpoint it. And as the doctor that examined him thought, I can't find anything wrong, but let me go a little deeper in the testing. And now I've almost become you know, second nature to do that, those tests on all players especially any contact sport where, where you know they're going to sustain a little bit of, of injury. And there are other, other instruments and stuff that, that can be used to diagnose a concussion that, that really aren't noticed by the normal kind of testing that they do. So, so concussion in the past has kind of been a low-key thing. You know, you'll be fine. It just takes time to get better. Now we know that's not true. Some people can, can kind of put up with the, uh, with the difficulties they face after having a concussion. But now – uh, in, in my practice, we go through and we, we make sure everybody gets better. So, But that's just an interesting thing, and that has to do with vision. You know, here, we really didn't, nobody realized it, but testing we figured it out, and through actually what started out as therapy for him to remedy that, that pathway, ended up with training and making him even a better quarterback than he was previously. So that's a little bit of experience. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, what other uh, forms? I know uh, mental strength is you know it's the represents the amount of information the retinal pathway can tra- can transmit to the visual cortex. Uh, right. So how do you how would you strengthen that? Like how would you get stronger in uh, the amount of information the retinal pathway can transmit? Okay, so he, he, here's what there's an instrument called a diopsis, and what it does is it measures what's called the visual evoke potential. That is the time it takes for a a scene to be projected in front of you and your retina takes that information, changes it from white to electricity and it zooms back to the, to the visual cortex that we call that the latency. And that's how, how fast that, that impulse or actually called an action potential travels. So it also carries information and we can measure that information by the, by the voltage. So this, this instrument find, tells us the speed, of the potential and the energy being transmitted. The energy represents um, the amount of information. And of course the speed is just the, uh, the great conditioning of the, of the various neurons and, and, and nerves and the conduction of that very quickly. And so we measure that initially, you know, when we begin our process, say in the off season, we, we do this, take this measurement and then we, we, we categorize that, we put that down, see what they've got, and then we do things with reaction time. And reaction time will we'll project a spot, and then they have to move in the direction of that spot so we're able to measure how fast their, their body moves. So in other words, the time that it takes that information to go from their, from their eyes to their visual cortex 
onto the motor cortex through the spine to the various, whether they're doing an eye-hand thing or a body, eye-body movement, we can measure those things. So we begin with that, and then we go through our, our exercises, and, uh, and from there we, uh, we will measure maybe after uh, – well, we measure every day that they've done it. We see how, how quick are they responsible. So they're getting every, – every day they get a little bit better. And then after about uh, in midterm, we probably work for uh, roughly, uh, you know, two or three months preseason. And then we, uh, we take some measurements and then we redo those same tests. And we find that the action potential or visual evoke potential becomes faster and the, uh, the voltage becomes greater. So we have, in essence, you know, strengthened and conditioned the mind and it's just like lifting a weight. You know, you start lifting a little bit at a time, then you get more and more and more. And then uh, you want to do speed. You go out, you, you get in shape, you you run, you sprint, you do agility drills. Now your quickness is a little bit is better, and and you can measure all those things. So everything needs to be measured because you want to know where you're going. Are you going the right direction? If you're not going the right direction, you may need to step back and figure out maybe we got to do some therapy before we actually do some training. So that's that's kind of kind of how uh, how this program works and is designed to work is to is to get everybody tip top shape and mentally when you become more proficient in what you do some things happen you know you become more confident and your confidence is is every time you do something successfully uh, your body sends a little uh, chemical transmitter called dopamine to a certain part of your brain and all of a sudden you just feel great. You feel invincible. You know, you have confidence, you know, that you're going to make the right decision. And that continues when you mess up, when you make mistakes, you get, you know, scolded some, you know, then that same chemical comes out, that same neurotransmitter comes out, but it goes to a part of the brain that kind of says, "Eh, man, you stink. You better find something else to do. And, and your whole attitude changes. So a positive aspect is great, and it's even greater when you build up the, 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 the conditioning of the mind to do things correctly. And it, you're doing it correctly because what you see is true. Which, which you, when you react, you, you understand the principles of what you're doing, so you're able to carry through your assignment in, in, a sec, you know, in an accurate and rapid fashion. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like so you start with uh, you know eye hand training exercises and train yep. and uh, training the eyes. Now how how would we go about you know and you would, and like you said you do want to improve performance by building that confidence. When do you finally integrate uh, training the mental and physical systems together? And h- how do you recommend you do that for coaches of uh, high school football you know, coaches? Well, you do that a little at a time. You know, if say you're you're introducing. Well, let's take, for example, your, the first game of the season. You want to prepare for the first game of the season. So the coaches go through and they, they scout everything out. They look and see who the players returning are, and they get a, a feeling of how they play, and they pass that on to the players, and then they, they coach according to that. So that's when you really start right there. It, it, now, in, in, the, in the preseason, you're building up those, uh, the, those neural pathways. And once you get out there on the field, you're continuing to build those neural pathways. Now you're you're taking a, a strength and conditioned brain, you know, mental system, and now you're hooking it up with a a physical body system that is trained and conditioned, 
and the two together will work automatically. The, the neuroscientists call this priming. Is priming is when you when you take an aspect and you you work on it, making it faster. You do things that where you do anything just hand, eye hand coordination. You want to get faster. Eye body coordination. You want to get faster. Your quarterback. You want to get rid of the ball. You work faster, and you just keep working faster and faster. And all these predictions that you make that are erroneous, your brain will fix those because that's just the way it works. But you've got to do things. If you don't do anything, you'll stay the same. So practice makes does make perfect. So even though you make mistakes while you're learning it, that's fine. You should make mistakes when you're learning it because your brain will fix that for you because you have if you have good instruction. And uh, that's really how it works. You just got to do it. And I... And many of the programs that I set up in, in, in schools, they, they kind of fade out. You know, the, there's, the coach has got to be motivated to do it. If you want to do it, then do it and do it right. If you don't want to do it, then do whatever else you're doing. But but this this works. I, I've seen it work many times. Um, I work with a motocross group uh, in the, here in Cairo, Georgia, MTF. They, they've got probably some of the, the best uh, – writers in, in the world actually they've got a lot of their people that go professional uh you know at the age of 16 years old they're, they're phenomenal writers and they use they use this program because it improves their their attention their reaction times and even as many concussions as they, as they have they're able to rehab them and return to the to the track very quickly and better than they had before when they had the concussion so the mind is a terrible thing to waste I remember seeing that on a commercial somewhere, and I and I think sometimes uh, coaches waste that by by just not being uh, maybe instructed in it and understanding it. But I I, I want to get through to the coaches and let them know that that man there, there's a better way to do things, and you got it. You got to increase utilization of the mind to work on the mind, just like you did the body. Now you now you said if a coach wants to do it, do it. I know you're located in Florida. What uh, what steps should they take to put this together? I know that there are videos that are also helpful for coaches. What do you suggest? And some of those videos we could put up on our website at FNF Coaches as well. I, yeah, I, I think you know I think we need to work together and do that just to show what the videos are. And and they're really there's no context to them. I mean, they're not looking at a football player or anything. And this is something that that I've kind of. Uh, learned through the National Institute of Health where they were uh, examining soldiers returning from from Iraq and Afghanistan and, and noting that some soldiers returned and went back many times and always returned and never sustained any type of, of injury. And they were successful each time and, and they, they tried to, to, to figure out why why was this happening and others didn't others didn't return others you know, had died in the process. So, so they did a study where they took uh, rec- new recruits and they put them through the, the general, you know, boot camp kind of stuff to see if, if of course, if they were capable of even going into combat. And, th- and they took that group and they always send them out to a, to a three month exercise where they, it's like they're in Afghanistan, they're in theater where, where all the actions taken and they, and they, uh, they perform exercises in in light of what they would uh, experience on, on the on the combat field, and then they 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 took a group of uh, soldiers who had been to at least three uh, 
tours of duty and they brought them in and then they did many of the things that this program does. You know, it's just, you know, following dots, uh, working through, through squibbly lines to, you know, to, to go from point A to point B, all these different things that really, they never shot a gun or did anything. It was just mainly body movements that they utilized. And they found that the troops, the new troops didn't react as quickly. Their, their, their speed processing speed was slower. And the other troops who were in theater in combat came back and they were very quick, very, very, very smart, very able to uh, react to, to critical events quickly. And, uh, and, and they did some functional uh, magnetic uh, uh, MRIs on them to see about where things were going on in their brains as they went through these, 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 these exercises. And, and they found curiously that the people who were the soldiers that were very skilled they didn't use much of their brain. It was pretty, you know, smaller areas were being utilized when they, when they responded to these critical situations and critical events. Those who weren't, uh, you know, experienced and had that experience and didn't do that well in that test, a larger portion of their brain was being utilized. So what, what they draw from that is that uh, their brain is is in shape, is conditioned. It knows exactly what to do, where to do it, and when to do it. Whereas the others are not sure where to where where they should process this information. So a lot more of their brain is being, you know, utilized. And when they have to do it, a larger portion is being utilized to have them do the right procedure. So they're still in a learning stage. So it's almost like the better you are, the less brain you use. And you would think the better you are, the more brain you use, but that's not the case. And they found that with, with golfers, um, you know, a a rookie golfer, his brain is, is on fire. A pro kind of uh, Tiger Woods kind of golfer and only a small portion of his brain is used. So, so, so that's interesting. And it shows that, you know, some of our conceptions of, of the mind isn't always what what it really is. And with the onset of all these new instruments and diagnostic tools that are out there, they're they're becoming to find these really things that once you see it, it makes sense. And and that's, uh, and that's why it's so critical that, that a player gained as much experience as he can. Even those guys who are second team and third team, I mean, the more experience you give them, the better they'll be. And the, and when it comes time for them to step up because so many guys are hurt, uh, you're going to have a better team. You know, it's always said that the, the strength of the team is uh, rise with the guy with the, who's the weakest. So, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting finding. Yeah. It's a, and as coaches, I think we always talk about it as muscle memory. You know, you want to get the guys out there, you want them to go through the motions of, of how to react yeah. to plays and you want them to train themselves to, be able to move right through it without thinking about it. But it, you know, yep. I, I guess if you think in terms of the brain being a muscle, then you, it is a muscle memory thing, but you want it. Yeah. You want it to be instinctual where they're not overthinking everything. They're just moving and That's it. Uh, That's making it. Yep. plays, reacting to the play. You know, neuroscience has a, has a, uh, has a word that, that describes that it's called procedural memory. Okay. It's like, uh, like when you ride a bike, you know, like, like you always say, you learn to ride a bike when you're six years old and, 
when you're 60 years old and you hadn't r- ridden a bike for, for 20 years, you can still get on the bike and ride it. That's, that's the muscle memory. That's the philosophy of the muscle memory. Because it is, a, it is a, an unconscious memory, you just do it because it just kind of happens. And that's, that's a different part of the brain. That, that brain resides lower about where your cerebellum is, you know, behind your head, on the back of your neck, that little ball that kind of hangs out there. That's where that, and they call that non-declarative memory. In other words, you don't need to think to use that memory. It just happens. That's the way the brain works. Whereas if you use the declarative memory, that's where you learn things and where you continually practice them. And then they become part of the procedural memory where it, it's, you know, it's etched in stone, so to speak. And then, uh, and then you have something called conditioning, which is uh, one thing creates another thing, which creates another thing without you even thinking about it. You know, it, it's your mind just does it subconsciously, you know, uh, and probably the example of that, I don't know if you remember Pavlov's dog, you know, where he would turn a light on and then feed the dog. And then uh, it got to where he would just turn the light on and, and the dog was mouth would salivate and the, and the enzymatic juices in the stomach would, would, would percolate and they, and they weren't even feeding the dog. So that's, that's kind of what conditioning is. And that represents when you do a play until you get it, until you never get it wrong. That's conditioning that, that is locked in forever, you know. So that's why some players can move up to the pros and it's like, wow, it's because they've, they've utilized that, that portion of their, of their brain to, to solidify that memory. And they just, they just walk in and know everything before, before they're even told almost because they're, they're so uh, experienced. Absolutely. Yeah. Experience is so key. That's why that, that is it. And not just game experience, you know, do it in practice. will get you prepare you for the games. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, Dr. Orsillo, it was a pleasure to have you on. What we'll do now is we will um, get some videos from you that coaches can use if they're not local to Florida. If they are local to Florida, we know that you are willing and able to come out and visit them at their schools and help them uh, prepare their athletes for the ways to excel through mental performance and uh, to make sure they're clicking on all cylinders when it comes, comes time to performing games. Um, so if you, uh, if you tune in to fnfcoaches.com, we'll, in the next week, we will have those videos up from Dr. Orsillo on ways to help your players train their eyes and their mind. And, um, again, we will also post contact info for Dr. Orsillo for the coaches in Florida who would like to have him come out and visit their schools. Excellent. Excellent. A a little point of reference, and this is just something to pass on. I've had uh, many of the trainers and the coaches tell me that actually it seems like their players even got smarter in the classroom. So that yeah. ought to motivate mom and dad to want them to have this done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? That's true. Hopefully it is in the classroom this fall and not um, the remote learning situation. I know. That's right. Well, that might blow now. So we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But uh, Dr. Orsillo, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, enjoy your weekend. All right, Dan. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care. All right. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. 
Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at ForneyIn.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, Ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.